episode 303 of This Is Whole Life. I was missing this past week from church, and I was tempted to tune in from somewhere in the Blue Ridge Mountains. Uh, undisclosed location. <laughs> from an undisclosed bunker in the Blue Ridge Mountains, but I decided against it. And then I was like, no, 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 no. We're Let's see. Saturday, we, we were, were hiking that day. We had a full day planned, so I'm like, no, no, I'll catch it later. And honestly, we just didn't have much time for anything else other than just hanging out. and so, Family time. Family time. It's a good so thing. D- it didn't work out. But last night when I got back, I watched both services and the Q&A from both. So we, we definitely got some – I don't want to say hit a nerve, but we definitely found the flow of what people <laughs> were thinking. Well, there we go. Of the definition. And so I want to say that – Definitely go back and watch the message. Watch the. I thought the Q and As were probably as good of a Q and A as we've had in a long time. Both services, and then what you don't want to miss, what you don't absolutely want to miss, is the the parade of wedding photos where <laughs> Ken tried I'm to. Glad con- you got the main point there, Randy. Yeah, yeah, Ken tried to convince us, and I. I don't want to say he's bearing false witness or he's not telling the truth, but I mean, if Ken's 23 in that picture, I'm still 25. Come hey, I'm on. Telling you, I'm telling the truth. I'm telling the truth. <laughs> and of course, I love to see that Stanley had our uh, our little tribute picture to Ken with him out in the lobby. <laughs> so, you know, it was a great week. I chuckled all Does the way Does everybody know the story behind that picture, do you think? Or I, I don't think so. Do you think, think we so. should give them the bonus here today so those who I are li- like listen to this will understand? So there's, How there's, old are you in that picture, by the way? Okay, so the pic- that picture, I am either 20 or 21 in that okay. picture. Okay, that yeah. sounds okay. Okay. So... So for those of you who are who are tuning in and watching our church service or, or coming to the church, either which way, you will occasionally see a picture of a floppy-haired younger me <laughs> that's framed. And what happened was we were having our Christmas uh, staff party, and so that we were, we were playing, uh, what do you call the game? What, like a white elephant. Yeah, white elephant thing. And so I took that picture of me when, from when I was young, and uh, and wrapped it up, and Albert uh, was a lucky recipient <laughs> of that, and so now he's found a way to fit that picture into just about every church service in some way <laughs> or another. So, so now you know the rest of the story, and uh, I actually need to go ahead and uh, uh, reward Albert for his creativity and hard work there. But uh, yeah, that's the that's the rest of the story there. Okay, so now. <laughs> Albert, you know, and who who gifted that to Albert? By the way, I did. And, that was, that was <laughs> on me. Was yeah. that you? Yeah, 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 that's right. So it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, it is. It's kind of like yeah. So now you know, those of you who listen to the podcast, people at church have no idea. But those no. of you who listen to the podcast, now you're in the know. Now you know the inside joke. It's the inside joke, but it's actually a deviant tack to by uh, Albert now that he is dumping it on all the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though, that it's almost like, where's Waldo? Yeah. Like, where's Ken this week? It's you know? somewhere. Right. And, somewhere and he'll be somewhere. He's been on the table at Q&A before. Yeah. And so now you just got to keep an eye out and see where you might be able to find that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the only thing that I, I looked back at my email afterwards, and Tammy had sent us an email, and I don't know if it went to my spam folder I was searching for something else from Tammy last night, Tammy being Tammy Sincomoni, our, our worship pastor, who actually asked us all for some wedding photos. And so I was just <laughs> I was just sad that Heather and I – so what I'm going to do – You should put that in the show notes, right? 
Well, yeah. I am going to put a link to it. So primarily you'll find all the social media posts about the podcast on Twitter, which is at whole life ORL on Twitter. So follow us there. And this week I will post a couple of our best wedding photos yes. just, just <laughs> so that I get in on the fun. Cause afterwards I was like, what we were supposed to give wedding photos and I didn't get the, I didn't get the memo. Arr. So I'll help you out and you can marvel at Randy's blonde hair. Ooh, yeah. partially blonde hair. Yeah, it was kind of blonde on top. Did uh, you like a... bleach it or? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh. I mean, and with this as dark as my hair is, it was just like burn, baby, burn until it that. was finally it would finally burn in. Yeah, we can only look forward to that. That's right. That's good stuff. I mean, it was two thousand, so that was you know twenty two years ago. It was a little hmm. you know. So I don't, but I don't look twenty one or twenty three. But I wasn't. 21 or 23 either. So that was a little <laughs> bit older than that. So, all right, let's get into it. This week was love, arise to love at work, only one savior. And we went through this idea of you must have any other God, but me. And it's not really an idea. It's a, it's definitely part of the law. It's God's demand of us and not unreasonable, even though sometimes as you put it or, or, kind of fed it out that some people kind of feel like, man, that's kind of rough right off the bat that yeah. I can only have one because, you know, that's just human to want more more of everything. And if it's good, wouldn't we want more? And Ken gave his own definition of what is a God, which was anything you give power to rule your life. And during Q&A, there was a lot of people that didn't necessarily disagree, but was like, yeah, but what if? Yeah. What, what, what if this scenario, what if that scenario? So I'm just asking, after Q&A, you've had a couple of days to sit on it. Is it still like, you still like that definition? Oh, do you I still do. feel like it, I love it, it. it still holds up? I it, For me, it does. Okay. For me, it does. Uh, you know, the I think probably the main scripture that I would have, out of that whole sermon is the one that was out of Hosea. It said, I'm the Lord that brought you out of the land of Egypt, and I gave you this command to have no other gods but me. Because there is only one Savior. Mm, yeah. And and basically, when you give uh, some something control of your life and give it the ability to rule over your life in order is basically to, to run your life, that's a God. It's something that you, you are saying that you think is in a position to save you in one way or another. And so, yeah, I'm— uh, I'm nothing if not stubborn. I am going to stick with my uh, definition. I, okay. I I liked it, and, and no, Jeff, yeah. if you if you disagree, you're <laughs> yeah, feel free to say. you know feel free to do that. I but I I I liked it. No, I like it. You know, it's interesting. There's motivations for relationships, and control and power is is one of those motivations. And when you think about it, if you're and those of you that are thinking about at this point, maybe uh, getting married and looking at uh, somebody in your life as being not only special, but pretty significant for a long term. You might want to think about this whole thing too, regarding whether or not that person uh, sees uh, God as an authority in their life. Because if they're God, you know, that's where it really boils mm. down to, is when I create my own gods or when I create multiple gods that I think are going to be let in, there is a real strong tendency to create you as the god because mm -hmm. now you're the deciding factor. Hmm. So I think it's important that all of us look at this from the standpoint of who is the authority in your life. And I think that's what God's trying to tell us is, hey, it doesn't work when you don't 
when you don't put me as your God, it it ends up being pretty bad for you. And I think that's just God trying to watch out for us. Hmm. And I think what God's also concerned about is us mixing in gods with him. It's not even so yeah. much that, uh, that he's, you know, God actually takes, this is a really radical command, as I mentioned um, in the sermon, this is a radical command to a group of people that were polytheistic, meaning they they worship multiple gods. That's that was the tradition of of pretty much every nation around them. Right, it was yeah. certainly yeah. the tradition of the Egyptians where they had just come from. And God says to them very radically, "You are not to have any other gods but me. I am your yeah. God." And today, like I said, I think it's a little easier for us in the society that we live in to not to be like, well, of course that's of course we don't have we don't have multiple gods. We're not like the Egyptians <laughs> or the Babylonians who who worship d- many different deity. But the fact of the matter is, is that as Americans, uh, we still do worship other gods often. And by worshiping them, I just simply mean we give them we give things in our life more power than what they are due. We believe that they are our savior, you know, whether that's money, children, spouses, um, you know, uh, sports, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing how many people find self-worth based on how well their sports team is doing. That's, or a, true, not that's doing. a true statement. Yeah. And, and so, um, I'm not saying anything about green Bay. I'm just saying, <laughs> um, I'm just saying there, uh, Randy, that uh, that some people can do that. So. Some people. Well, it's some. contextualized for Wisconsinites, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I forgot. I've got you got Jeff two. Yeah, I've got two. two. I've got, I, I call out one person. <laughs> I should have called out both. But it's easy for me to do since my team doesn't play very well. So. Oh. I, well, that's all about to change this year. Yeah, sure. this, it's, this it's, is the year. It's this eternal is the year. optimism. That's, that's right? what we say every yeah, year. Yeah. No. This for is sure. The year. Well, it's funny that when I think about having other gods. And that God turned the Israelites over to their enemies in the Bible time, time again. We, and we choose, you know, other gods. He's going to allow that. But I'm wondering if we're drawing a true correlation to the consequences of, like you said, because our gods are, you know, is better than those gods. I mean, how is a cell phone or a sports team or whatever you're giving power in your life over worse than a a a God that would sacrifice, you know, people would sacrifice their children to, or, you know, in other cases, there was some pretty, pretty nasty things that, that the, those gods required. So it's easy to say, well, yeah, but I mean, I have control over this. I mean, I didn't, I, I don't have that same worship. I didn't go to a temple to do this. It's not a religion. How does it all fit in with, with how we see religion and how we see God and how we see consequences? Cause I'm not sure that just things that have power that I'm counting on those for salvation, even though he states very clearly there is no savior but me, and that's why he's the that's why he's a better God. Well, can at I least I'll, in part. I'll just go ahead and be really personal for a second? There are a lot of pastors who have worshipped the God of work, and and in the process they have sacrificed their children. Mm. And, and I want to be careful about that. But what I'll say is no, that sometimes. As pastors, we get so preoccupied. We're we're the only people on earth who are allowed to be workaholics, and it's acceptable as far <laughs> as like. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's plenty of other professions sure, yeah, where there's no, workaholics, no, but what I'm saying is that pastors will justify being workaholics because they're doing God's work. Therefore, that's yeah. okay. It's okay to do that. In the process, there are a lot of um, children throughout the years who have been left without fathers and mothers because they're they've been so busy doing God's work that, that that they haven't had time for their own children. And so, and that's, I'm not only trying to be too judgmental, because I've done it 
plenty in my no, career. I, I have I have put no, my I, career I, and stuff like that I in appreciate that place. That but what I'm trying to say is, I'm trying to pick something that's close and near and dear to me that that is one of the things I do. And like I and what I'm trying to say is that we we get really down on these ancient cultures where they sacrifice their children as we should. I yeah, mean, let's no. just say that right there. <laughs> you know, there's nothing right about them. No. It's, it's pretty disgusting and awful. But we live in a culture today where that people um, will do drugs that will damage their unborn child. They will drink alcohol that which causes fetal alcohol syndrome amongst children. We'll worship a lot of things, and but we but we're sure better than those pagans back in the day, you yeah. know. And so all I'm all I'm trying to say, and, and again, it's not about a guilt trip because that's not it at all. All I'm saying is there's only one Savior, and if you want salvation, you've got to go to Jesus. Period. That's where salvation is found. You're not. It's not found in being the best worker. It's not being found in in alcohol. It's not found in drugs. It's not found in whatever. It's found in Jesus and Jesus alone. And so, anytime we put something in that spot, we're setting ourselves up for some really difficult times. And that's why God asks it of asks this of us is because he loves us, and out of love, he, he gives us this rule, not out of some sort of forcing us or compelling us, you know, I don't want you to have anybody else. You know, It's yeah. out of a true, caring relationship where God says, I care about you so much, I don't want you to get let down by all these other things that will let you down. Hmm. That's a good way to look at it, though, because I think one of the things I heard in your, in your message was just the correlation of, of cell phones and screen time in like one of the things that would break up maybe the one of the leading causes of what would what would cause a divorce. And at first you think, ah, that 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 can't be true. But then when you really look around you and see how many people are like at dinner, you go to a restaurant or lunch and how many people even when the food comes, it's like, okay, well, I have my left hand on the phone. I can pick up my drink that they just delivered with my right hand. <laughs> I can eat my sandwich with my right hand while still looking at my phone. <laughs> and, you know, no communication happens. And, you know, equally, it can do it at night where even if you're uh, like, we'll both go to bed and I'm going to read my Bible on my app because it's easy. I don't have to try to hold the book up while I'm laying down. And hopefully the idea is when I do, I can just roll over and go to sleep. But then you still think to yourself, that's not, it's not the same as just being next to someone. So, uh, and not that we don't know that it's pervasive in our society, but I was just, Jeff, I wanted to ask you since, you know, you do a lot of counseling, is that something that you find to be true and accurate? That that's a, that that's just a, a block between communication and maybe just togetherness? Ken actually mentioned it just briefly briefly here, I, I think that God's making a really important piece or a statement here too. When you ask that question of me in terms of the who versus the what, I, I think God would rather us trust him for the who as opposed to what he can, because they're constantly going to what can God and if and by the way, let's let's face it. A lot of us can sit here in this, you know, in this podcast while we're listening and think about times when we've been let down, mm, not yeah. just by people, you know, who we love and care about, but also there's times when we feel like we've been let down by God. Sure, yeah, and uh, because He didn't meet or match an expectation 
that we had set up with this relationship. And I think that that's the context of this of this commandment. And he's, he's not only saying that other gods will let you down, but what you believe or what you think about those other gods are going to let you down. Yeah. So when you brought up the idea of this, you know, I think we create this God in this re- pseudo relationship because we we somehow find some sense of security in thinking – I, I don't have to let my phone away from me because I, I'm going to find something in there that's going to keep feeding me. And this consumerism of God, uh, the idea of – and God's saying, no, I'd like to break you away from that because it's who I am, not what I can do for you, but who I am with you. And I think that's the, the important piece. So yes, the, I, the question you asked me is – there is a block. I think we sometimes use the what can you do for me as the block as opposed to who you are to me, if that makes any no, sense. No, no, I, I like that. I think that makes that makes perfect sense. And, I, and again, I, as I was listening to the message, a lot of times I feel like this is a message where people feel preached to mm-hmm. instead of really hearing the, the essence of like what can – was trying to say, and it's easy because we get our, we get kind of get our ire up when it's like, well, that's not the way I use my phone, or that's not the way I look at other things as my gods. I I know who God is. I know where my salvation is. Yeah. It, it just at a, a top level, and I've 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 heard sermons preached like this where people afterwards are like, man, that's a lot of nerve. You know, that's that's I don't think that's reality. And it's like, OK, OK. And everyone and I'm not saying that they, you're necessarily right, wrong or indifferent. But I think it just it shows that when you talk about something that many of us maybe aren't the best sometimes at communication or or finding that intimacy with God that we should, it's easier to say, that's not what I do. I, that's, that's not me at all, and yet you're. I think we missed the point that Ken made so well. That again, there's just one Savior that's going to take this all away, and I, I wonder how, when we're kind of in that mindset where we're almost, I don't know if you're, you're, you're not, just tuned into God in the right way or as close as you should be. How do we turn that around? So when you do look at these things, because. I think when you do look at them when your relationship with God is really good, you look at it and go, man, that's kind of a waste of time. Insert whatever. It doesn't have to be a phone. doesn't have to be sports. It's just whatever your whatever your thing is that's getting between you. And, it, and all of a sudden, it's easier to see. It's easier to point out. But if you're not at that place, how do you help someone even start to think about it in that way so that you can kind of look at it differently? Or is it just a matter of you have to spend time with God in order for this really to be visible? It's not something I can tell you or show you. It's something that God really has to show you. Well, I'm going to go back. I think the best indication is if we're constantly thinking of God as being a vending machine or being something that I get out of, something Mm. that I want you know, and granted, I'm not saying that our our needs aren't important, but if that's what God is going to be about in terms of what I can get out of it, yeah, then I think we're probably going to <laughs> find it disappointing because God wants to do more. God wants to because we haven't gotten any better at this. It's not like the number of gods that we have. Again, they may be different from pagan gods to today, and the struggles that we have with putting things in front of God. This is thousands of years, and we. 
I don't know that we're any better at it than we were then. And again, if you if we keep coming back to what are we expecting from God, how do we change our expectations if we haven't? Maybe we haven't been to that point yet where you look at God and you say, I need God every day. Because like last week, I'm the worst of sinners. <laughs> is, is that what it takes that we have to get to find ourselves there? That from there we can move up and say, oh, man, this is this is bad. I, I've got a lot of stuff I could. I Well, the first principle of any recovery program is that you have to admit that you have a problem to start off with. Hmm. Okay. And that's the first principle of any recovery. If you're if having worked with people going through this and I, you know, again, working with people very close to me who have gone through this, I knew they were getting better when they finally said, yeah, I've got a problem. Mm. Before that, it was always, there's no problem here. I've got it under control. It makes me smarter. It makes me better. It makes me more interesting, whatever the case may be. Maybe, yeah. mm-hmm. But it was like, there's no problem here. And again, what I don't want is to create a religion where people wallow in their sins, so to speak. Oh, I'm a terrible person. I'm awful. I'm this, I'm that. At the same time, I don't want to create a religion where we're like, I'm okay, you're okay, there's nothing here to see, let's move on. Because yeah. because the problem is, I mean, I can tell you right now, I mean, like, have you ever woken up and just known you were in a bad mood? I did this morning. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I was, I'm like, I've embarrassed myself about two times today because I've just, just kind of felt my, just, just kind of been quick Arr. with my answer and just, you know, whatever. Yeah. I've got some things i got to work on in my life. And yeah. for me to sit there and be like, no, 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 that, you know, I was justified, you know. Uh, the, the one that got me really going this morning was there was a there was somebody – we Kyla was driving to school. She's got her learner's permit. She's driving to school. She pulls up. There's a, The light is going from yellow to red. So she comes to a stop. The vehicle behind us beeps their horn. <laughs> I don't know what it is about beeping horns that drives me nuts, but I I turned around and looked at the guy. I was like, I, I put my hands up in there. It's like, what are you doing? Why? If the light is red, what do you want her to do? Yeah. And and and, and my daughter's like, do we have a whole life sticker on the back of the car? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh yeah. And it's probably church member. And by the way, if I did that, there's no excuse for what I did. I'm sorry, but I guess my point is what I want to say to us: we all have issues. <laughs> Let's just go ahead and be honest about it, and just say, hey. Look, look, God can really do some transformation in my life. There's some things that need some work in my life, and that's okay. And that's what I hope whole life will be. I hope we're not a place where we're like, I'm okay, you're okay. I hope it's a place where you can come in and say, hey, I've got some desperate problems in my life. I need God's transformation to take place. And until then, until that, until those rough <laughs> edges are, are, are knocked off, will you just love me as is? is. Yeah. Could you do that? And that's the part that I believe church was created for, is we were created not to be a place for saints who have no problems, but be a place where those who have massive problems can come and be loved anyway. And that's the thing, is that God loves us anyway. You know, when we have other gods in our life, God loves us anyway. anyway. Yeah, that doesn't change it. But the problem is, is that when we hang on to those gods, we impair His God our true savior we impair his ability to save us because we're reaching for the long for the wrong uh you know uh, thing to save us you know it's like i was i was trying to impress a bunch of girls along back in high school and i jumped off uh, this like miniature cliff and i was going to grab a hold of this tree limb and then swing down to the next 
it was a rotten limb. It let go, and, and I, 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 I tumbled a hundred yards down this steep mountain. Hitting, I mean, I was hitting rocks and trees. It was probably the most hilarious because at that point I was, I was probably about the same height I am now, but about 145 pounds. So you just like just legs and arms everywhere, right? And I'm smacking everything on the way down. Well, that's my point. Is like when you grab onto the wrong god, it's going to, it is going to light you up because. It, you, it won't support you the way that you thought it would. Yeah. And so that's why it's really worthwhile in our life to do what they talk about in all the anonymous programs, which is take a fearless moral inventory of what's going on in your life. Are there other gods out there that you're looking on to save you? Is Do you do you think that your work is what gives you worth? Do you think it's your children that gives you mm, worth? Yeah. Do you think it's what, you know, do you find your, your, um, your peace in alcohol and drowning out what's going on in the world around you. Those are all things that are just going to leave you broken. Not They're not going to solve the real problem. No, there's yeah. only one Savior. And that's that's kind of what I'm getting to the bottom of. And it's there's no anger, hate, or malice involved in that statement. There's no judgment. Mm-hmm. We all have other gods if we're honest with ourselves. Yeah. The point is, am I willing to look at that and say, hey, God, Take those things out of my life. When I'm in it, when I'm when I wake up on the wrong side of the bed in the morning, firstly I know that your grace covers that. Thank you for that. But Lord, I'd love for that also to go away. To not be there so you don't yeah. have to cover. Well, I knew that's one reason we were kindred spirits. I mean, I spent 17 hours on the road in uh, a matter of a couple of days in Georgia. And, uh, you know, I, more than once, my wife was like, really? Oh, man. And I was I, like, if I have to shake a fist one more time to these people. I had a revelation, though. <laughs> Do you know why? I, fi- I figured out why I am this way. Why? I, I'm, I can't remember the people name of the People are horrible book. drivers. No, 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 no. No, okay. This, it's, it's actually in my DNA, literally. <laughs> okay. They, they're, oh, they did tell a, me more. They did a study of, <laughs> of <laughs> Irish Scotch people up in the Appalachians. And they they were studying them versus other people groups, and what they found out they the study had this they the person they asked the person to take a, a sheet of paper from one researcher down a long hallway to another researcher, and in the middle of the hallway they had a person there who bumped into them purposefully, and didn't say sorry. Oh, my ethnicity, <laughs> their rage. <laughs> hormones went through the roof when that happened, whereas other ethnicities were just like, well, somebody bumped into me so, and they're yeah, rude. Whatever. It's okay. Mine is like, no, justice, say you're sorry. You know, and so anyway, so that's, so it's not an excuse to be that way. It's just now I know why I'm that way. So. Well, I'm going to join then because, yeah. you know, I, I found a little vindication from, of all people, Mike Rowe, and he's like, you know, when you just think growing up, like, listening to someone chew with their mouth open. He's like, I can't take it. And he's like, but I've been vindicated. He's like, it's a, it is a known phobia slash medical, con- diagnosable medical <laughs> condition. And there is a term for it. And I'm like, see, I'm not crazy yes. and I'm not, I'm not vindictive. It it's true. It's just true. Jeff, how, how bad is it to so sit here as a trained counselor <laughs> with two, two raging, rage impulsive, <laughs> yes. Uh, Sorry, yeah. Jeff. Well, we'll just have to make sure we keep our distance from you guys. <laughs> I, I, though, however, have taken the John Monday approach to my vehicle. 
never ever put a whole life yeah. uh, affiliation on your vehicle. <laughs> I nearly peeled the sticker off that yeah, right after yeah, this morning. Yeah. I was like, so oh. We have I-4 to deal with. We have a lot of traffic well, here. Well, your so. problem is also if you're recognizable, it just it kind of can get yeah. you in trouble too. My so. truck is one that's usually probably pretty pretty. pretty uh, <laughs> I'd probably recognize that truck without a sticker. Without a sticker, I think, I think so. Sticker. Yeah, yeah, that's probably true. All right. We're winding down. We're going to get to the questions that we had from the Q&A here real quick. And one thing I thought that – you know, we, we talk sometimes about when we get nervous, we get afraid. It's kind of a scarcity mindset that somehow what we have or what we enjoy will be taken from us. And Ken, you mentioned about how life is uncertain and, you know, how quickly things can just be gone. And I've often thought about it that probably us as Americans are probably the worst at this that we probably don't think that that can ever happen or that it will happen until something just crazy. It almost takes something catastrophic in your life financially or otherwise to, to really make everything disappear. But then the parable of building on the sand and the rock and you start actually taking inventory and you think to yourself, how would I feel if everything was, was gone? Where would I go? And if you've ever been in a place for whatever reason, whether it's an addiction or it's things out of your control, if you've ever been at rock bottom, I can tell you where you go. You end up going to God is, mm-hmm. is where you go. And even a lot of people that I know that don't technically, I'm, I'm air quoting here, believe in God, go to God. When everything is gone, there's nothing left. And at that point, there's something innate in all of us as his, as him being our creator that says, even if you have to say, if you're real, where are you? I need help. And to know that that's something that you can count on. But I, I wish we had a better way or a better way maybe to explain or to help someone that's in that spot. I hate that it has to get to that point for some people. And maybe that's just a necessity. Maybe that's just life. Maybe that's how the world works. But to find out that if I start relying on God before I get to that point, mm-hmm. I, I could have probably saved myself a whole lot of heartache at least. What you know, about our creed, our beliefs, our our mission at whole life? What makes us what makes us equipped to tell someone? Is it is it the way we act? Is it what we say? To let people know that you're in a safe place and God is God is here to help you. I've found myself struggling with that many times in my life. And usually it's someone that comes up and, and says something. And I believe a lot of those are God encounters where God knew that's what you needed. He impressed someone else and, you know, he brings it together. And some of those are things I can remember like they were yesterday that are some of the most important maybe foundations I have as a Christian. And I wonder if we're if we're looking for those as Christians or if we should be, if we don't look enough because I feel like there's a lot of people that could just use that. It's, it does it doesn't have to be much of anything, just a word, a conversation, a, a hug, a handshake, or I see you. And it, it just seems like maybe there's more of that that we could be intentional about. I think in uh, you mentioned in a, in a church, for a church that doesn't express their own foibles or some of their own mistakes— it's hard to trust someone who's not being upfront with you. 
So I think that's, you know, in a community where you, you get a chance to observe or watch or even be in community and engaged with community that that they're just people that are real about themselves and real. I think that's the part. And I'm not going to say we do that perfectly and I'm not going to toot yeah. our own horn that way. But when my granddaughters, both of them are very different from each other. But one will watch the other, and if one sees that it works, mm. then the other one will will <laughs> jump in and, and engage. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so they kind of, and I think that's how community works. I think if I find a relationship that I can trust somebody, and I see how it works in their life, then God makes more sense to me if I see someone engaged in worship or engaged in a life that is connected to God. And then it gives me that. So I think it's that vulnerability, that being able to trust mm. the person that you've already had a relationship with that, hey, you know, they they have, they have, they have a right. sense of God in their lives. I want that same sense. So I think that trust is a huge piece in that. I think it's also on, on maybe on my side, I've, I've known times where someone maybe doesn't intimidate me, but I'm not sure how to approach them. Mm-hmm. And when the Holy Spirit kind of pushes you and then you go, whoa, 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 whoa. I, I know I asked for this, but <laughs> I don't really know what to say. I'm not, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I think I have some ideas about what could be wrong. Maybe I've heard things. I don't know. Yeah. And then you, 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 you bypass those. And every time I don't bypass those, I've never had once where I've regretted stepping out of my comfort zone. People like, ah, you're, you know, you're outgoing. You, you, that's not a problem for you. But it is and sometimes when it's something that could be delicate. And I've never yet, though, had regretted answering the call when God says, oh, you asked me to put someone in your life or in your path that needs your help? Well, here you go. And then you walk past and you go, oh, the rest. I mean, that lasts, for me, that lasts a long time. Like, I totally blew an opportunity. And you just hope that somehow, because it's not always someone that you even know. And you're like, how? And I, I, I can't get that opportunity back. So, I, um, I try to at least for myself think of just however uncomfortable this is. Trust God's going to put the words in your mouth to make this happen, and to be a positive influence. I think that's, I think when we feel those things and when we ask for those things, we have to take just take that initiative and trust God. All right, let's get to our questions. There were a ton. I mean, again, I. I thoroughly enjoyed both the Q and A's of uh, I like first the way that Stanley second. said. Usually, you do it so well that there are no questions. Question. But this <laughs> this week, I apparently opened. The, apparently, the this sermon was uh, rife with problems. Rife with problems. That must have been the problem. Well, we had two questions: two from Greg and one from Trafina. So let's jump right in. Greg said. That's a complicated statement to simply agree or disagree with. If one believes that God has an in-depth plan for their life, that every decision they make brings them either in closer alignment or further away from that plan, then people helping themselves is bringing them closer to what God wants for their life. My question would be, do we believe that God helps people regardless of their decisions they make? And if so, the statement God helps people that help themselves is true as it is opposite. God helps those that don't help themselves. Isn't that what grace is? Isn't that what salvation is? That while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's a lot, Greg. 
It's a good question, but, though. But thank you. So, by yeah. the way, so you asked me if I regretted my definition. I yeah. do not. Okay. If you reg- if you asked me whether I regretted saying that God, that I don't <laughs> believe that God helps them that help themselves, I do. And if you look, you'll see I did made <laughs> sure that was not, not in the second, second service. service. I did. The honest truth was it wasn't supposed to be in the first service either. <laughs> it was one of the tangents that I can go Oops. on at times. So I don't regret that. I don't disagree that. I will stick with what I said, but I think it's such a nuanced conversation that probably that would it should have been its own sermon rather than a off the cuff kind of comment made. So that's what that's the context for the question that Greg's really asking is yeah. is, is that that comment during first service where I said that I don't believe that God helps those that help themselves that I believe that God helps those that rely on Him, and I think that's kind of one of the um, one of the keys there. Can you repeat the last part of Greg's question yeah. there? Isn't that what grace is or what salvation is, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us? Yeah, and that would go to my point that that God, it isn't that we help ourselves, it's that God has helped us. Mm-hmm. And do we have a part to play in that? That's the nuance part of this discussion. Of course, we've got to, we've got to accept God's grace. We've got to live by faith. We need to go ahead when God sends a life raft. We need to get on the life raft. (laughs) Um, But I think that what concerns me the most in our culture is that there is a culture um, in the United States that I can do it myself, and and I don't really, to the first part of what Greg was saying, that God has a detailed plan for my life, and the closer, the more decisions that I make that are in alignment with that plan, the better, and the more I don't, the worse. That again goes to the point that 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 if God has a plan, it's my responsibility to seek Him on what that plan is, and then allow my life to be in alignment with that plan. But, it's not my job to try to figure it out. But and it's do not it? my job to create the plan. Ah, okay. And it's my job to ask God to reveal to me the plan and help me to live my life in alignment with the plan knowing that just like uh, anything, uh, when it comes to, you know, those of you who use your, your GPS to get you from one place to another, if you, if you turn off, it'll put, it'll put you back on if you start listening to it again. Mm, okay. and, and that's what I would just say is, so is that our part to play in things? It is. And so uh, I think, you know, like I said, I, I regretted using that <laughs> because I thought, I thought it was a distraction rather than a help to the sermon. Because it is a nuanced conversation, yeah. and, it, and I can definitely, for those who say, well, yeah, you have a part to play in this, absolutely you're right. There is a, there is a part. I just happen to think that most of the time we over-rely on the other side of that equation where I've got to help myself, so. and then God will do something for me, whereas I believe God has already done something for me, and it's just my job to accept that. It's funny, when uh, Heather and I were listening to this la- the message last night, and... Uh, She's when you mentioned kind of that bootstrap mentality and how you were kind of raised with it. She's like, we were raised with it. It was ingrained in us. It was what we had to do. It was what was taught to us. And we we got a little chuckle out of it just because we were both. That's kind, the American kind of dream, right? If if you work hard enough, <laughs> yeah, you can no. be anything you want to be. Well, I know I, I've known a lot of people who have had a lot of talent in their life that haven't been able to be what they wanted to, to be. be. Yeah for any number of reasons uh you know there are people who have uh who have had promising promising futures that 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 got cancer oh yeah and and that was the end of of some dreams for them 
Um, I've, you know, I've known people that uh, just intellectually weren't able to yeah. achieve what they wanted to just because of where they were at where intellectually were. and what they were able to do. And, and all I want to say is that God doesn't make mistakes. You can trust him. And if you ask him what he wants for your life, he will give you a wonderful life. There will be issues. <laughs> Always, you will yeah. have, you know, if you were to ask me, you know, if you were to ask me while I was doing news whether I wanted to be a pastor, I would have told you 100% never. No, absolutely not. But I'm so grateful that God moved my life in this direction now. Has it been easy? No. Have there been days I wished I could go back to news? There have been months I wish that. <laughs> but, the, months. But, the, but the point is that as I look back at this moment in time in my life, I know I'm glad that for what God did. Whether it's easy or hard right now, I trust him with my life. And that's that's the part that I hope people would take away. If you We're don't hear with, anything yeah. else, you can trust God. That You can trust God, and you have to trust God the most when it hurts and it doesn't make sense. And I have been in those places in life. So uh, let's jump into Trafina's question. Help me separate love for God— Versus love for religion, aren't they interconnected? Oh yeah, this was another another one. This is one of the fun things we I was doing during the sermon too. Is I was letting people in the audience kind of yell out what their what what are potential gods, and somebody this was Did not somebody... in my sermon notes, but it was actually the funny thing is they're getting ahead because next, not this next <laughs> Sabbath, but the week after when we talk about idols. This the idea of religion being an idol is going to play prominently in that sermon. But somebody yelled out that religion can be a, a false god. A fault, yeah. And so what Trefina is asking is, well, how aren't aren't religion and God the same thing? And the answer is no. Uh, religion is a system of beliefs that informs our idea of who God is. And as we'll discover in two weeks' time, that can be an idol when we construct God in an image that we want him to be, and when he wants to be more than that image, we push him back into that box. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And so I hate to give away the whole next sermon, but this becomes really important because a lot of us, we worship the religion and not the God of the religion. I know Trefina will be here in two weeks. Yeah, she will be. So Trefina, hang on. We're going to get deeper, diver into it. That's such a good question, though, because Trefina, so many people would echo what you're saying. Our Our religion is... Religion is a good thing. It's good to have a set of beliefs. It's good to have structure to what you believe. The problem is when you make that structure so rigid that when God goes outside of it, you're not willing to allow him to be outside of it. That's when you know you're worshiping a false god and not the god of the universe who created everything and who is bigger than any system of beliefs could ever be. I think my favorite scene, one of my favorite scenes in The Chosen is Nicodemus and Shmuel as they're mm-hmm. arguing over the ancient text. And well, and he just keeps trying to tell Shmuel over and over, well, what if God can do something we don't even understand? Are we going to limit it to the box of the law that you're, you're describing? And, and you know, he has these fast answers, hard and fast, every single one of them. He doesn't, he doesn't miss a beat. And Nicodemus is just sitting there kind of 
dumbfounded. Like, I don't know what to tell you if you don't think God is bigger than just the law. <laughs> and I, I often feel that same way when, just like her question, when you find somebody that is more zoned in on rules and regulations and things we've set up versus what maybe God can be or what God could do that we just have no idea of. When I saw the question, that was immediately what popped into well, my in head. Well, in response to that too, yeah, is that anytime we try to confine God to a particular definition, to a particular system, to an organization, anything, we limit God. We limit, yeah. And it, be, it becomes not just an insult to God, so to speak, but <laughs> yeah. also it hurts us in our relationship with him because we limit the, the the majesty and the the mystery. And what we God. could and have. And this yeah. is one of the things that I think is one of the keys in the book of Job, yeah. um, because in the yeah. book of Job, all his friends come to him and say, what we know about God is that if you haven't done anything wrong, then you're good. Then you would, yeah, and, you won't have problems. And and if God is giving you money and things and stuff, then you're in the right. right. But if God, if you start losing your stuff and your kids and whatever else, then you're in the wrong. You've done something wrong. You need to be honest and tell us what it is. And at the end of it, it's just instructive what God basically says to Job when Job says, tell me, why are you doing this to me? And and God says, well, were you there when I, you know, when I plumbed the depths and were you there when I created the sky and were you there when I created Leviathan? And and basically God says there are just some things as a human being that you're just not going to get. As much as I'd love for you to understand it, you're, you are looking at it um, you th- when you imagine how huge, when you know how huge the universe is, and what a speck of grain the Earth is in the universe, yeah. to think that the God that created all of that and is above all that and is in all that, that that God could be somehow limited and to then, our to just our planet, yeah, and then to even just down to my to understanding of things, yeah. <laughs> that's kind of the ultimate hubris that's out there is that we could limit God that much. Even collective humanity, yeah. that's just and like again, you're that's not, that and much. that's not that God wants to be understood, and He wants us to study and to and to know Him more deeply. But when we can find Him, that's a huge problem. Yeah. And like I said, that's that'll that'll, that'll kick in on up. that second commandment. All right. Finally, any advice on how we can avoid living in a life of fear? that our hobbies or passions having become gods instead of leaning into the gifting we've been given. Hmm. And I am confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will be faithful mm. to complete that work That's until nice. the day of his coming. That's what I would say. You can have faith that if you are in Jesus, if you have your life in firmly in him, if you've if you've given him control of your life, if you wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, you be in charge of my life, you can be confident that God will take care of the false gods in your life in the time and the way that he needs to take care of them, and that he'll open that up to you, and it, there's there'll, there'll be some growing pains in that process, but you can rest assured that Jesus' grace, in Paul's word is words, is sufficient. Yeah. His grace is sufficient for everything you're going through. There is nobody listening to this podcast who should live in fear or whatever. The only the only reason you would need to live in fear is if you have not turned your life over to Jesus. And, and if that is the case that you haven't done, I invite you to do it right now. Just tell God, I want you to be in charge of my life, and I give you permission to be my Savior and to and to do with my life what you want. I want you in my life. You say that, you can have peace, and you can know that God will 
can continue working on your life, continue his transformational process in your life, and you have nothing to fear. You know, I, I am embarrassed by the way I behaved in the car this morning, but it does not mean that I don't have salvation, and it doesn't mean that I am not in a relationship with God. It means that I had a bad day. And God's and, opinion and God's change. grace is sufficient for that. And you know what? I don't want to have another bad day, and I pray that that doesn't. But I probably will. <laughs> and yeah. God's grace is sufficient for that too. Yep. You know, fear is a very real thing for a lot of people, and to live in fear uh, means a lot of different things for different people. But I would say too is when you say give something over, nobody. Nobody sits down on a chair thinking, oh, should I sit or shouldn't I? Because we've just done it so much, so much yeah. that we just assume that there's no fear involved of sitting down on this chair, or no matter what chair it might be. And I think that's the that's what God's saying. Hey, you've done it a lot with with uh, other things. Just start maybe start small. Start you know doing things with me. That's what He really really wants us to. You know, He just wants to have a relationship. He's not asking for you to know all the the nuances and we talk about a lot of different things that to be honest with you, you know, we should be far more attentive cuz we don't know God. We really don't. We don't know the the bigness of God. But he asks us to trust him. So, yeah. Uh start small. You know, we you do the exposure. I like uh, it. Slowly, it's always you know, bits and pieces. That's and this is the other place where we need the community of believers. Yeah, there's accountability in being around other people. My wife uh, and my children and my close friends do a pretty wonderful job of reminding me of the areas where I can grow. My daughter this morning, you know, and but she was so sweet about it too. She's like, "It's okay, Dad. You know, you." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you can try better. You can, you know, <laughs> you can do better tomorrow. And That's she was, she's like, you, you didn't, well, anyway, she so she said, you know, you, you, you didn't behave as badly as you could have. So um, I've seen so, worse, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> no, that, those are your words, not hers. So there we go. With all that being said, you know, we can, we can experience God's grace and we yeah. can know that God's grace is there for us. And I, I, I sometimes hesitate to tell these little stories about the things I do because I don't really, as a pastor, you 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 know that people can really use that against you later on. They're like, oh, yeah. You know? But I think it's so important for us just to understand that nobody's perfect but Jesus. That's it. No, yeah, that's it. And and it's not okay to behave badly, but it is human to behave badly. And Jesus came for humans, and His grace. Is sufficient for us as long as we don't try to rate how bad yours was versus how bad mine right. was, and yeah. we just realize that we all behave badly in whatever way that yeah. takes up our lives when we yeah. do that, or how it happens in our lives. I think we're further off. And thank you for the questions from everyone, first, second service, and the ones that we had to pull in here at the podcast. We enjoy doing that. And if you have questions, something we didn't say, something we should have said, something we shouldn't an observation, please send them to 407-965-1607. You can leave a voicemail or text or email podcast at wholelife.church. And one of our Whole Life Reflections asked, how have other gods let you down? And the minute I read that, I immediately thought of three things in my life that had let me down over the course of my life. And I think when you look at it from that perspective, it's a lot easier to go, wow, God is really pretty awesome because 
even though I wasn't thinking about not being by God during this time, I look at A, B, and C as those exhibits and go, nope, nope, and nope. Didn't help, didn't uh, didn't sustain, ultimately didn't make me happy, didn't provide salvation. So what's the, you know, what's what what's the point there? And I think it's a good little mental exercise to just pick a couple of things that you once maybe thought were really cool or, you know, just you gave more time than you should have. And I think it makes God look really good mm. <laughs> when you when you look at it that way. So I really appreciated that one. And I love how Ken uh, closed his message. He said, the first commandment asks for our exclusive love and loyalty so that we are in relationship with the only God who won't let us down and who will save us. And I mean, there's enough of letting down right. every day all around us. I don't don't need that from God either. So now we're going to choose hype, the right one. Yeah. Now we're going to be hyping the uh, retreat, right? Absolutely. Because it is Peter Enns. Peter Enns. will yep. be our guest speaker on Sabbath. And guess what? Podcast fans... It's been a oh, couple. Right. Years. It's been a couple of years since we've done uh, the a podcast at the church retreat. So in the A frame at three p.m. on Saturday afternoon, if you have a question for Peter, if you know of his work in his podcast or other, the message that he we'd like to keep it up, hopefully towards the message that he brings yeah. to us on Saturday morning, there will be a live open mic for you to come and ask questions personally. So unlike the Q and A, you just got to write them down. You got to hold them, type be them a on part your phone. Of episode three hundred four. Be a part of 304 because we will have all the gear in the A-frame at 3 p.m. ready for you to join the conversation. And who doesn't want to go to church retreat is all I'm saying. <laughs> and the, for those of you out there who don't, just a reminder that uh, the church will be oh, good um, idea. The church will be at clock. We're not closed. We're out, True we're out at Kalakwa. But we, but the building, the, but the building, <laughs> the building that we normally worship in, will be closed on uh, this coming Sabbath, and we will be out at, at Camp Kalakwa. Are we streaming anything just for like from church, not from Kalakwa? I mean, we're not streaming from Kalakwa. You've asked but... a good question that I am. I should have asked. I meant to ask. I will that a find while out, ago. and if there is, I will put it in the show notes today. Either a yes or a no, because I will find out from the person that knows, and that's Tammy. Yeah. And so I will find out, and I will put that in the show notes so that you will know whether or not you can tune in or not, or wait for two weeks. Ooh, that sounds like a long time. Yeah. You'll have to catch up on some back episodes of the podcast if that's the go. case, and uh, make sure you're there. So no church at Whole Life, 2800 North Orange Avenue. We will not right. be there. We will, the be in, we will be in high school. We will be outside the walls. We will be outside the walls, but we will be doing the podcast. So please do come and join us at 3 p.m. for that. And I look forward to what I know of Peter. I think we're in for a treat and I'm excited to have him on the podcast. And so yeah, make sure you don't too. miss next week's episode. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a fantastic week. 